Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, we made it. We're here on some level, right? Some of us. Some of us were here last service. Some of us are at home, but that's okay. Um, we're all right. We're gonna be. We're gonna be okay. And uh, the reality is, this is not permanent. I know I say that. You've heard me say it over and over. It's not permanent. And um, we're gonna get back to the point where we're serving coffee and donuts, and we're sitting around hanging out. We get to pray with one another. We get to give each other hugs. We will get there. I believe it, and I know it. So um, this morning, I just want to kind of continue a little bit on the foundation that Jeremy laid last week, um, this idea of the vineyard distinctives. And uh, it's a junk drawer series, but it does have a theme. So anyway, um, but it's, it's the idea that the, of the vineyard distinctives. And these distinctives are, like he said, they're really just kind of... Um, descriptors. Um, they they kind of describe the flavor of the vineyard movement as a whole. So, um, you know, some churches are, are more liturgical and, and they've got set readings and back and forth, you know, that kind of a thing. Well, vineyard, um, one of the ways that they, they use to describe themselves are these distinctives. And so there's just these little statements. They're not like a, a core mission or a value or anything like that. Um, they just describe kind of the church. And so, uh, Jeremy talked last week about ordinary people, extraordinary God. Um, I don't think we're the only one. Vineyard's the only one that uses that. But it really just recognizes the fact that um, we, we serve an extraordinary God. And even though we are just kind of general, normal, ordinary people, we have a relationship with God, which in itself makes it not too ordinary, but that, that makes us extraordinary. But um, it, God is extraordinary, and we get to have a relationship with him, and, and that whole idea of really we're just normal people in that process. We're just ordinary people. Um, there's nothing, nothing like super special about us other than he's chosen us. And, um, and so that's that idea. And so this week is going to kind of piggyback off that. And you're going to see where the ideas overlap. Um, because this week we're going to talk about naturally supernatural. And naturally supernatural is one of those things that has, from the beginning of the vineyard movement, has kind of, if, if you know anything about John Wimber, the founder, or, or the kind of, not the founder, but like the, the first like leader of the vineyard, um, man, the way he went about the things, the supernatural events of the spirit that were happening around him were just like, he'd be up there and, and he'd just kind of make a statement and be like, yeah, I think God wants to do something over there. And then he just kind of go on. And it was just like this normal, like it was as natural as natural can be. He wasn't, he wasn't drumming up attention or drumming up all that stuff. And so we, we, the vineyard has kind of taken on that role that we are supernatural beings um, in relationship with a supernatural God. And, and we can be normal and natural in that, in that relationship, even as the supernatural is happening in around us and through us. And so um, I don't think we've ever done a sermon on naturally supernatural. I know I've mentioned it a bunch um, in a lot of other sermons, but we're going to go there this, this week. So um, we're going to go to a, a passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 9, um, starting in verse 18. And um, let's, just, uh, let's just get into the scripture this morning. So it says this, while he was saying these things to them, a synagogue official came and bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come lay your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and began to follow him and so did his disciples. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched his cloak. For she was saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will get well. But Jesus turning and seeing her said, daughter, take courage, your faith has made you well. And at once the woman was made well. When Jesus came into the official's house, 
and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he said, leave, for the girl is not de- has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing. But when the crowd had been sent out, he entered, he took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the news spread throughout all that land. As Jesus was going from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes, saying, it shall be done according to your faith. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and they spread the news about him throughout all the land. As they were going out, a mute The demon-possessed man was brought to him, and after the demon was cast out, the mute man spoke. The crowds were amazed and were saying, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees were saying he casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. So I realized that that scripture, when you read it all through like that, there's different parts of it, right? It doesn't, it's kind of like, oh, here's a story. Oh, here's a story. And that's how we generally read it. But what we need to know is that this scripture directly follows the scripture of Jesus being at Matthew's house. Remember a couple of weeks ago when, when uh, we talked about Matthew was invited, um, Matthew was invited to follow Jesus and Matthew in turn says, hey, I wanna throw a party at my house for you. And so Jesus shows up at this party at this house for Matthew or at Matthew's house. Matthew has invited all his friends over. So verse 18, when it says, while he was saying these things to them, the them is the Pharisees that had, had approached Jesus um, and were challenging him and saying, why are you, eat, why are you here? Why are you eating with these, this, these scum, right? And, and, um, and then John the Baptist's disciples come to him and say, why is it that your disciples are eating and drinking and we fast? And so the them, it, Jesus says, while he was saying these things to them, this man approaches. I don't know that I've ever put those those two stories together like that because we break up scripture so much. We chunk it up and we forget that a lot of times there's, there's connecting stories here or connecting events that we don't always think about. And so in that context, that, that's why I picked this scripture for this morning. Was that scene right there that I just described for you? Because Jesus is hanging out at a party with friends. He's just living life. He's enjoying his life as a human and, and he's, he's interacting with friends, hanging out there. And it's in that setting of a normal party, not a ministry party, not a ministry fundraising event, not, not, not um, a healing party or whatever. He's just hanging out with friends. It's in that setting where this man approaches him and this, this uh, uh, supernatural um, event takes place, right? When they they come to Jesus, he approaches Jesus. And so it's in that scene, I think, in that whole idea of him sitting at the table with friends, hanging out, eating and drinking, and this man coming to Jesus, we see that Jesus is the epitome of naturally supernatural. Jesus is the epitome of naturally supernatural. Do you know what epitome means? It's like, uh, it's the perfect example. It's like, this is the best embodiment of what it means to be this. And in this case, it is naturally supernatural. Jesus is the example. He's the pattern we follow, whatever you want to say, however you want to say it. Because while Jesus is at a party with his friends, enjoying himself, doing life, this party or this, this, this opportunity just kind of falls in his lap. It just happens. 
a synagogue official and finds him and says that my daughter is dead, but if you come and lay your hand on her, she'll live again. And so Jesus agrees. He gets up from the table. He's still at the table when this man comes. Jesus gets up and he goes to this man's house. And it's at that point, then we look at this story and you start to see, this is like a cascading event where it is one thing after another, after another, after another of these events where Jesus is, is doing these, these miracles, doing these supernatural things in the people's lives that are around him. So Jesus is on his way to the to this synagogue official's house to raise this little girl from the dead. And on the way, a woman sneaks up behind him and touches his cloak and she's healed, right? On the way to do this miracle, another miracle happens. The supernatural happens in that way. And then Jesus does finally arrive at the synagogue official's house. When he arrives, everybody's, you know, the mourners are there, they're wailing and, and all, that whole scene is happening and he asks them all to leave so that, so that he can raise the girl because she's not dead, she's just sleeping. So he does that. They leave there and on his way out from there, it says, as he was leaving there, two blind men see him and say, hey, Jesus, son of, son of David, heal us. And so Jesus does that. When he left there, a mute man who was demon possessed was brought to him and he frees this mute man. It's just like one thing right after another, after another, after another. Miraculous, supernatural healings. They're just popping out all over the place. And, and Jesus is just doing his thing, right? He's just living the life that he's, that he's living. He's just naturally being Jesus and the supernatural is following him wherever he goes or he's going to wherever the supernatural is happening as we talk about in just a second. This is not some kind of ministry event. This is his life, which is a ministry event. So you might say, yeah, well, he was traveling around from town to town and he was doing his thing. So this is a ministry thing. Yes, this is a ministry thing. But the way this happens from Matthew's house, from the very beginning, he's just being Jesus and he's just enjoying his life in that way. It's just the natural flow of who Jesus is. It's just the process of his life. And I believe that it's because it is a natural product of his relationship with the Father. Jesus had a supernatural relationship with Father God, supernatural. Jesus was human, right? I mean, we know he was human. He was born, uh, Mary, Mary was his mom. She, she birthed him like any other human being was born, though he does have one up on us in that he wasn't in the line of Adam um, like we are. So he wasn't born with a sin nature like we are. He was born from the Holy Spirit, um, but he was a human. And, and, and that's the only way the whole, uh, the whole plan of God in Jesus works, it was that he was human, okay? But also in John 10, 10, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. So he's human, but he's also saying, I am the I am. That's me. I am the I am. He's the son of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, because in Mark, when you look in Mark chapter one, when Jesus is baptized, the word, it says the spirit descended upon him. The word, the Greek word that's upon, it's interpreted upon him is actually, it also means into him. So the spirit descended into him. So Jesus is the son of God, human, son of, but he's the son of God. He's filled with the spirit. The spirit is in him. And then he says, I and the father are one. I and the father are one. He's God, right? 
God is supernatural. And so Jesus being filled with the Spirit, being one with God, is supernatural. He is by nature supernatural while also being human. It's kind of the mystery of it, right? But in his humanity, his whole relationship with God is supernatural. And because his relationship with God was supernatural, he also was supernatural. I'm gonna keep saying it. Because God is supernatural and Jesus' relationship with God, his father was a, was a relationship that he described as being one with God, he is therefore supernatural. God is supernatural. Jesus says, I'm one with the Father God. Also, the Spirit is in him. Therefore, he's supernatural. Do I need to keep saying it? 12, 15, 18 times? You get it, right? And I've often wondered about the idea, and you've heard me say it before. Um, why didn't Jesus just come as a king in all his glory, descend from the clouds, demand that everybody bow down to him and, and adore him and worship him as was completely his right? as God of the universe. Why didn't, they just, why didn't they just do that? Or why didn't he just do that? And if he didn't want to do that, at least why didn't he go and, and live his life but then stand at the temple, uh, the, stand on the street or the corner at the temple in Jerusalem and proclaim who he was and, and just flat out say it and do, do the things. I mean, he did kind of do some miracles to say I am who I say I am. And yet he didn't do it in a way that just brought all the attention to him. Why did he go about it this way? Why did he go about it this way? Why not make it all about him? It was literally all about him, but he didn't make it about him. He didn't make it about himself. He's doing his ministry and his teaching when we see him at the party with Matthew and his friends. He's intentionally talking with the Pharisees about God and God's plans and who he is and why he's doing the things he's doing but he's not making a show of it. He's not calling a press conference to draw the attention to himself. So when he does, and that's the other thing, when, when, so often when he does a miracle or he does this supernatural thing like he did with the blind man, he said, don't tell anybody about it. Why? Jesus, right before he walks on water, just gets done feeding 5,000 men, let alone women and children on top of that. He doesn't gather that crowd and say, all right, let's go, guys. It's time to go and tell, spread the news who I am. What does he do? He leaves them, and he goes up on the mountain to pray, right? He's not about drawing that, that attention to himself in this way because of the things that he's doing, because of the supernatural things that are happening. He's not trying to do them in order to gain the crowd. This is the guy who said, when you pray... Don't do it on the street corner announcing it to everybody so they can see your big words and so that they know how holy you are because you pray to God. He said, go to your closet in your house. Pray. Your father knows that, right? When you fast, don't make it look like you're fasting so that everybody has pity on you and knows how spiritual you are for fasting. Just do it, right? Jesus is not attention-seeking, and the crazy part is that even though his, this entire thing is about him because he is God, he is the Messiah, he is the son of God, the chosen one, he doesn't make it about himself as a means for gaining attention or drawing attention to himself. Why? I think it comes back to his supernatural relationship with the Father. Because Jesus, being Jesus, knowing 
and fully understanding his relationship with the Father, which was only possible because he was not born with the sin nature that we had, but knowing and fully understanding that he was completely secure in that relationship because he and the Father were one. Knowing that, it satisfied all his need for attention. It satisfied all his need for his approval, all his need for power over other people. All that he needed was fulfilled in this supernatural relationship that he had with God. And being Jesus and not being born with the sin nature, he was able to fully grasp that. He was able to do it perfectly because he never had that sin nature that we had. So Jesus is the perfect example of what of, of living in supernatural relationship with God is and walking out the supernatural elements of that relationship, which include these miracles that he does. Because again, his supernatural relationship with God, where he was one with God, meant that the supernatural would flow through him. And Jesus is the perfect example of this concept of being naturally supernatural because it's just who he was. It's just who he was. It happened wherever he went. Whatever he was doing, the supernatural presence of God was with him and he was perfectly in tune with what God was doing in that moment. Even if it meant while he was at a party hanging out with friends, he was in tune with what the father was doing in that moment. Being perfectly in tune with what God was doing was not about him, was not about his personal agenda, was not about him proving anything to anyone, was not about him gaining a following or gaining attention or impressing people. It was not about impressing or proving anything to the father or trying to avoid disappointing the father because he missed out on an opportunity. In John 5, 19, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something that he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in a like manner. In other words, Jesus says, I don't do anything unless I see the father doing it. And Jesus was in the perfect supernatural relationship with the father where he could do that perfectly and he could see what the father was doing every single moment. And he knew what the father was doing and he did what he did because he knew the father was doing it without fail. Jesus was who he was in his supernatural relationship with the father and that's all he needed to be. He was just Jesus in perfect relationship with his father, filled with the Holy Spirit and what naturally flows out of a supernatural relationship with a supernatural God is supernatural stuff. Not for attention or for glory or for popularity or for money, but because it was just who he was, being in tune with his father, doing the things that he saw the father doing, which is incredible stuff in the lives of the people around him. That's how Jesus was naturally supernatural. It's just who he was in perfect relationship with the Father. 
Here's why that matters to us this morning, okay? Because if you're born again and you have a relationship with God, that's a supernatural occurrence. You were dead and you've been made alive. He put his spirit in you and he made you alive. That's supernatural. That's not natural. That's supernatural. And I want to tell you about your relationship with God this morning that is supernatural if you're ready for it. John 17, in verse 20, Jesus is praying for his disciples, for the 12. He's praying, or the 11, however you want to say that, whether you include Judas or not. Jesus is praying for his disciples, and he says this after he's done praying, or he's not done praying for his disciples, but he says this while praying for his disciples. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who also believe in me through their word. Do you understand who he's talking about? It's us. 2,000 years ago, plus, I don't do the math, Jesus prayed for you. 2,000 years ago, he saw you and he prayed for you because that says, I don't do this on behalf of those alone, but for those who believe in me through their word. We believe in Jesus because of the word of those disciples, because they kept it going, right? We believe, and what he, this is what he prays for. Ready? In verse 20, 2,000 years ago, he prayed that they may all be one, us, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So what I want to tell you about your relationship with God and that what not everybody is ready to hear is that you have the same relationship to God that Jesus did. Can you handle that? Because he asked his father, when he prayed for you, he asked his father that just like he and the father are one, that the father is in him and that he is in the father, he asked that we may be in him, in them. He said us, in them the same way. That means as a born-again believer filled with the Holy Spirit, your relationship with God is the same supernatural relationship that Jesus had with the Father in his humanity. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And that life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It's, not, it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. I'm not saying you're God, okay? I'm not saying we're all gods. But I am saying that you are inseparably fused with him because you are in him and he is in you. Get the implications of that, right? Because that goes way beyond the message this morning that you are inseparably fused with him because you are in him and he is in you. Jesus is the epitome of being naturally supernatural. Jesus walking around in perfect relationship with the Father is what it looks like to be perfectly united in relationship with God. Being naturally supernatural is operating in this world in the way that Jesus operated in this world. And it comes when you are confident 
in the relationship that you have with God as a supernatural person. Because again, having any relationship with God is supernatural. And he put his spirit in you and he prayed that you would be in him. Therefore, you are a supernatural being. So if you're born again, you, have a, you are a supernatural person and being naturally supernatural means just being who you are in confident relationship with the Father and partnering with him in what you see the Father doing. And just like Jesus, you're not operating out of fear of missing something or fear of offending God by not doing something that he's doing and you miss out on it somehow and you're not, you're, not, you're not running helter-skelter all over the place, laying hands on people, doing drive-by blessings, shouting out prophecy at Walmart. No, you're fused in relationship with God, fused in relationship with him. And it's because of who you are in Christ, in your relationship with him, and because you're secure in that relationship, confident of that relationship, that you get to just be naturally you. Doing the things that the Father is doing. And again, Jesus was the perfect example of this. You and I aren't perfect, okay? We miss it. We get out of sync on this. We don't always see what the Father is doing, or we see what the Father is doing and go, I'm not so sure about that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want to put my hands there, right? So sometimes we're out of sync with what God's doing, and that can look a couple of different ways. Number one, we don't believe that God is doing supernatural stuff in our world anymore, or at least he's not gonna do that stuff through me. So I sit on my hands and I don't expect anything to happen because God, God's, God's not gonna do that through me. So God doing the supernatural stuff in this world because we know that God does that, but I'm not participating in that because I don't think he's gonna do it through me. Or the second way that happened, or the second thing that happens when we get out or when we're not in sync with what God is doing or the other way that that looks is that we are wanting and we are expecting God to be doing supernatural stuff in this world and we wanna be a part of it so bad that we try too hard. We try too hard and it comes out not so natural, right? And that's where it gets weird. That's when, when you have people making animal noises in church because it's the spirit. Uh, right? Jesus, listen, that's not edifying to the body. Jesus never did supernatural stuff for the sake of supernatural stuff. It always pointed back to him. It always pointed to his love. It had a point, and it was to let people know about him and his love. But when, when, when we're in this area and, and, and we're, we are doing that thing where we're running all over the place and we're shouting prophecy or we're, we're, um, we're whatever that looks like, and we're trying too hard, it's because we're desperate to keep God happy by proving our faith to him or we aren't yet finding our full value in what he says about us. We aren't finding our confidence in who he says we are and we're trying to impress or we're trying to gain attention from other people because we need that validation some, for some reason. But I'm telling you, this is what Jesus had a handle on. 
He was free to be Jesus in relationship to the Father, doing the things, the supernatural stuff that he saw the Father doing because he had that confident and secure relationship. I and the Father are one, right? And he saw what the Father was doing and he was able to partner with him in doing that. I believe that just like Jesus, again, we're not perfect, and so the results of us stepping into this are not perfect. But just like Jesus, the result of being in a supernatural relationship with a supernatural God is that the supernatural naturally flows out of you. God's not done doing supernatural stuff. He's not done doing miracles. If God doesn't heal, why do you pray for somebody at the hospital? If God doesn't protect, why do you ask him to protect your kids when they leave for school in the morning? If God doesn't provide for you, then why do you thank him for your meals before you eat it? If you are born again in relationship with God, you can expect the supernatural to happen in your life. And it may not always be loaves and fishes, okay? Might not always be a miracle on that scale. It might be simple, it might be little, it might be tiny. Yeah, come on up, team. But in the scope of things, that's not little or tiny, right? Sending a text to somebody who needs encouragement because they're down and they're depressed, you don't know where that's going to lead. Partnering with the Father saying, hey, tell them you're thinking about them. Boom, there it is, right? Oh, somebody cares. That's partnering with the Father. That's important. That's significant. It might be leaving a, a bigger tip after church at a restaurant because we know that Sundays are notoriously bad tip days for, for restaurants and that waitress needed a big tip today. You didn't know that, but you partnered with the father when he said to do it because you had a feeling, you had a hunch, you wanted to be a blessing, right? So it may not all be loaves and fishes, but it might be that you get to pray for healing and you get to see cancer leave a body. It might be. Because you understand that the Father is at work there. Being naturally supernatural is doing what the Father is doing while you're going about your life, knowing that the Holy Spirit is in you and that you are in Christ and knowing that you have no reason to perform or to prove anything but knowing that you get to be a part of what he's doing doesn't get better than that. As we look at Jesus going around and, and doing the miraculous supernatural stuff like raising this dead girl or healing this woman that's been sick for 12 years or, or healing a couple of blind guys or casting out a demon that's causing this man to be mute, he's just being Jesus in perfect relationship with his father. And the supernatural presence of God goes with him wherever he goes because of that. That's the example that we get to follow. That's what it looks like to be perfectly, naturally supernatural. It's just who we are in Christ. When we properly understand our relationship with him. Why don't you all stand up to your feet?
So Jeremy mentioned last week the whole whatever vision or image thing that happens. Um, I don't have anything right now, just by the way. But that's not something, that is something I ask for. I ask God to show me things. I ask God to move so that we can see some new supernatural stuff in here. But that's not ever done for attention. That's not ever done to, to, to draw eyes to me or, or whatever. It's always done because I believe that God wants to speak to people and I want to be that vessel. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with, with wanting to be used by God to be able to share his love with people? I think that's available to every single one of us. I do believe that is naturally who we are, that God wants to do supernatural stuff in our lives, sometimes just because he wants to show us that he can do it. But I also believe that he wants to do supernatural stuff in the lives of the people that you come into contact with every single day. And I think he wants to use you if you're willing. And it doesn't mean getting up and performing. It doesn't mean knowing the right words. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means being you and seeing what God is doing and say, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you what he's done in my life? And can I pray for you? Or maybe even skip the first part and just say, God wants to do something in your life. Can I pray for you? And then you get to tell him about Jesus later, right? It's just naturally who we are because it's naturally who God has made us. When you're born again, that is who you are. So we're gonna sing a couple more songs. If y'all want prayer, again, the prayer cards are back there. Um, or grab somebody after service and, and we can pray together. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll figure out a way. I don't know, but we'll do it. So let's just go in a couple more songs here.